The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 252nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's ahead for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights Lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered from the past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, with whom we will delve deeply into the college football weekend. Well, my lowlight of the week is watching in person at Gillette Stadium yesterday the shoulder injury to quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who was absolutely lighting it up and looking very, very impressive uh, prior to his injury, which occurred uh, late in the second quarter. Uh, Three touchdowns on three drives, three touchdown passes, I should add, and he just looked incredible out there. Uh, Just throwing missiles, uh, his second touchdown, uh, to Marcellus Bennett was just an absolute bullet uh, right in the end zone where I was sitting and uh, just an amazing performance by him all around and again just a true low light to see him get injured he's waited over two years for his opportunity and when you're behind Tom Brady they're few and far between obviously and he got it and had a great game last Sunday night in Arizona and then just took it really to a whole new level yesterday. I mean, this was an absolute blowout. Uh, you know, up 21 nothing. It's one point up 31-3. Things changed, of course, after he came out, and you can't lay it on him as much as, uh, you know, the defense where they allowed the Dolphins to get back into it. And it really went down to basically the final play where uh, where Patriots made an interception in the end zone on a pass from Ryan T- Tannehill that, if complete, uh, uh, would have tied the game. So 
it was an exciting game, uh, given the beginning when it looked like, again, an absolute blowout and you could only believe, based on what we saw in the first quarter and a half, that uh, if Garoppolo had not been hurt, he would have, uh, it would have been a blowout, period. Um, so, uh, the crowd was really great yesterday, one of the better ones I've seen in a while. It was the home opener, of course. Um, and it was almost like they purposely, you know, elevated the noise level to get behind uh, Garoppolo. Of course, there was still no Gronk, but obviously he was not missed in any way, shape, or form yesterday. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see Thursday night, quick turnaround. They're hosting the Texans. I will be there. And it's almost as if they're, uh, you know, adding a degree of difficulty to their consistent winning. Uh, of course, Jacoby Brissett, third-string quarterback, uh, came in and played fine, uh, given the circumstance uh, after Garoppolo got hurt. Uh, but should be an interesting game Thursday night uh, with, you know, Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback. The Texans, of course, coming in with J.J. Watt. And let's not forget Brock Osweiler when last seen playing the Patriots. He was leading the Broncos uh, to a huge comeback in the snow at Denver on that Sunday night game last year. Uh, so there will be uh, plenty of motivation for the Patriots. Uh, and again, it's also the return of Bill O'Brien, uh, now the Houston head coach. So a lot of good storylines heading into Thursday night and sure to be an interesting game. Uh, speaking of injuries, a uh, couple other bad ones yesterday. Adrian Peterson, Demarcus Ware, both injured. So uh, a little too early to say exactly where they all stand and what it all means at this point. A lot of a lot of MRIs getting scheduled today, I'm sure, which is probably pretty typical of uh, the day after NFL games. Well, my highlight of the week was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, sticking it again to the Cincinnati Bengals uh, as a follow-up to last year's Bengal playoff meltdown. And given that the Steelers opened their season last Monday night, uh, we haven't really talked about them, but what else can you say? After the first two games, uh, they look potentially uh, better than anybody. They look like the best team in the NFL. Uh, their offense looks just unstoppable. Big Ben, uh, you know, put together back-to-back games to start the season. Uh, just like we haven't seen from him or anybody in a while. So they look terrific. Uh, yesterday's game with the Bengals, usual slugfest, uh, just grinding, physical rivalry battle, uh, you know, great theater, again, not decided until late uh, when running back D'Angelo Williams was basically wide open in the end zone. They, they just lost him, uh, but Ben didn't and uh, hit him for an easy touchdown to put it away late in the game. And other highlights from uh, the weekend include uh, L.A. Rams uh, getting their first victory in Los Angeles since 1994. Uh, scoring their first points, 
as an L.A. team since 1994. And, uh, you know, it wasn't pretty, uh, but they got it done, uh, mostly on that defense, which is their calling card, and uh, good for them. They got one under their belt against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, beating Pete Carroll in the Coliseum, where, of course, he led USC to a dynasty. And speaking of defense, uh, Denver Broncos, Von Miller, Aqib Tlaib. Uh, you talk about closing, that team knows how to close. No matter, what you, no, no matter whether you like them or not, you have to be impressed. Uh, Aqib Tlaib picked off Andrew Luck, took it to the house for a pick six, and uh, didn't put the game away, but he certainly... Uh, uh, certainly set him up for victory, and then uh, Andrew Luck and the Colts got the ball back. Still one score game, one score game, and Von Miller just come in on a strip sack, and boy, you just have to again, uh, you know, totally hand it to him for uh, you know making a game-winning play. It's just really impressive uh, what Von Miller has been doing ever since. Really, the AFC Championship game against the Patriots when he was all over Brady, then, of course, the Super Bowl, then the first game of the year, and now this. So uh, it's not often that you know a defensive player will simply uh, make game-winning plays in the final minute. That's usually reserved for quarterbacks leading a two-minute offense or whatever. So, uh, again, you have to be impressed. And Sam Bradford, speaking of impressed, he played pretty well last night for the Minnesota Vikings uh, after just arriving to the team. So, uh, got to hand it to him. So, as far as overall trend, nine games in week two were decided by seven points or fewer. And that makes in the first two weeks of the season, 20 games have been decided by seven points or fewer in two short weeks. So, here we go again. Looks like a great, great season. And uh, underway, so uh, lucky us. We're gonna. It looks like it's gonna be another good ride. No surprise with the NFL again. Just great games to get it going. And my bizarre story of the week is uh, Buffalo Bills firing offensive coordinator Greg Roman on Friday after they lost on Thursday night in obviously Week Two. And he, he's a marquee coordinator. He's a, he's a name. His name is more recognized than most coordinators. So for the Bills to do that, uh, pretty surprising. And it uh, just seems that where Rex Ryan goes, chaos follows. It's only a matter of rather it's so, if it's sooner rather than later. In New York Jets, it was kind of later. But I think with the Bills, it's kind of sooner. Uh, this was pretty early for something like this to happen. So we'll see how that all pans out. And uh, that leads into finally my event of the week that I'm covering is the USGA, United States Golf Association, the senior women's amateur uh, right up the road for me at Wellesley Country Club, which is simply spectacular. I had the pleasure this year to... Uh, cover two majors at Oakmont and Baldessarol, the U.S. Open at Oakmont, and the PGA 
championship at Baldessarol in New Jersey. Oakmont, of course, is in Pittsburgh. And Wellesley Country Club, which I've driven by many, many times since it's so close to where I live, uh, but had never really been inside. Uh, could not have been more impressed. I went to a couple of uh, practice rounds and it got going yesterday. Uh, and now we're going to have, uh, starting today, although it's pretty rainy here today in Boston, uh, supposed to clear up. Uh, by tomorrow morning, and it's just going to be heavy duty, uh, 36-hole stroke play. Uh, that's what we had over the weekend, and then we're going to have uh, match play getting underway, weather permitting today, and just going through Thursday. So yeah, so it's really going to be uh, just a, a great week of golf. The weather looks, again, just spectacular, perfect fall-like weather here in New England and uh, uh, senior women's amateur players from literally all over the globe. It's an amazing looking field. Uh, they were all over the course, which I walked and patrolled and got to know uh, late last week and just really looking forward to it. Uh, nothing like covering a golf tournament this time of year. Uh, at a beautiful place in good weather uh, here in New England. So it's going to be fun. I'll certainly be talking about it next week on the show. And uh, can't wait. That's for sure. So let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. 
And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. Doing fabulous. That's good. Well, you saw certainly the game of the weekend, maybe the game of the year in the young season uh, with Alabama making a historic comeback to beat Ole Miss in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, it, may, it must have just been incredible to be there live and in person covering it. Yeah, John, it was it was a surreal moment. I kind of recall this scenario it happened in 1989. Alabama was down 21-zip. Came back to score 62 unanswered points to win in Jackson, Mississippi. It was 62-28, but I never thought I'd see it again in, in my lifetime. But sure enough, it happened on Saturday in Oxford, Mississippi to a sold-out, I think, record crowd. Yes, it was just uh, it was great theater. Of course, Alabama had lost the previous two years to Mississippi, and uh, don't think that had happened to a Nick Saban team, losing three straight, of course, to any team. So when they were down, that's I, I, I was in a golf tournament, so I picked up the game and shockingly looking on my phone saw they were down 24-3 to three, and really monitored the game throughout to the point where we were actually were held up on one tee box late in the round, and it was the exact uh, you know pivotal series where Chad Kelly... Uh, you know, it was tackled down around the goal line, and was it a fumble, and that whole sequence there. So, you know, a lot of people gathered around my phone watching that, so it was kind of fun. It was kind of cool. Yeah, John, it was definitely exciting for people to watch on television. And, of course, it was a beautiful day in Oxford and at the Grove. You know, they have all the set up with the old Miss fans, and you can walk through there, but it was just spectacular to watch in person so many different types of plays that maybe you'll never see again duplicated in a football game exactly highly unusual plays you know throughout the game and how was Nick Saban after the game I'm guessing he was pretty pleased John I mean of course Alabama made those mistakes I mean he was complaining the previous week against Western Kentucky when they had won by four touchdowns but but this week you could detect he was pretty happy that his team recovered from a 21-point deficit to win that game on the road, first time for the freshman quarterback to start. So he was happy. So what do you think of this freshman quarterback? Uh, pretty impressive, I'd say, all things considered. He's 2-0. and what a, That's the real mark that matters. Yeah, John, he just keeps competing, which is if you you can have a player maybe for four years and you can't get him to act with that poise and that calmness on the field after there's a bad play. So he's just what the doctor ordered for a Nick Saban-led team. He He's going to make some, some great plays, and he's going to have uh, some moments where you're thinking, well, that's a freshman mistake. But you, but you never see him get too excited, or you never see his body language uh, look like he's down. Well, that is, you know, that's the number one thing, really, that you're looking for, that and, you know, intellect to go along with physical ability, but poise in a freshman is really, uh, you know, maybe the most important thing you're looking for, and, you know, when, you, when you're talking Alabama, what you're talking is, uh, you know, that they're going to, he's just going to get better each week, leading to, you know, 
like a big game against LSU later in the season, and of course into the college football playoff where he he's not playing at all like a freshman anymore. Not that he is now, but by then he's uh, he's seasoned and even more poised and and ready for the really really big stage at the end of the year. So. It's pretty impressive how Alabama has been, uh, you know, putting out these quarterbacks, a different one each year, while winning national championships for the most part by doing it. It's, it's incredible, really. John, when you think about it, just to replace that position every time and be in contention, it really is remarkable. You know, consecutive uh, quarterback eras where they just keep right in the thick of the, the action competing for SEC championships and national championships. They all have a different personality. They have different skills. But yet the common denominator is they can win, and they are good leaders for their team. Exactly right. Well, there they are, back at the familiar number one spot throughout, you know, which they've been, you know, all year long and, of course, preseason. And, and again, I think Ole Miss for them, you know, that – you know, it's as much of kind of a psychological hurdle that they've faced, you know, in recent years, just beating Old Miss since they haven't done it the past two years. So with that behind them, uh, it's, it feels kind of like watch out world. Here they come again. Right, because you know that the quarterback position is going to be improving more than likely. Right. I mean, I don't think he's going to digress. I think he's going to get better. He, that's his, his nature, I believe. So, and then the, the Damian Harris is playing fantastic at the running back position, and he had a fantastic run at 67 yard down to the one yard line or so. And he, he's, he, John, he improved from last season to spring, and then he made a, a additional improvement from the spring to, to the regular season. That's impressive, to say the least. Uh, sounds like good off season conditioning and, uh, yeah, and you know, most importantly, AP, uh, the team, and most importantly, the quarterback, they now have an epic comeback under their belt. So, from here for the rest of this year, they will not be intimidated by any deficit. Period. And you, that you can't put a value on because you you can only live it and overcome it uh, to have that true belief. Right, John. They're going to face three tough conference road games at Arkansas followed by at Tennessee, and then, of course, at LSU. So they don't feel like they're invincible because they know that someone could uh, have some success against them, but they also feel that if there is some success, they can make that comeback, as you said. Right, and let's not not forget, most importantly, with what you just mentioned, the comeback they just made was on the road. So uh, that's the toughest kind of comeback to make, to say the least, so... That's great. Glad to see you got you got to see you know such a really historic game. And what else caught your eye over the weekend from the SEC? Well, yeah, Florida had their quarterback was injured, so that's a that's a big loss if he can't play the rest of the season. Uh, Luke Del Rio, right, Jack Del Rio's son. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, he was playing very well. And I don't know if Florida's replacement is going to be able to, you know, equal his, uh, you know, stats and his ability to lead the team. So 
you know, in Florida was I think Florida is one of those teams that they they give Tennessee a hard time, and that's a big game coming up. So that that caught my eye. When you lose a quarterback, John, most important position, and you're not you're unsure about the replacement, that's a, a game changer. Absolutely, Luke Del Rio had been playing well, and Florida Tennessee is uh, quite the rivalry. Let's not forget. Uh, when Peyton Manning was a quarterback at Tennessee, those were epic games. I don't think Peyton ever beat him. I think he lost four years in a row to Florida. And uh, But, you know, that, that put in place what was already a good rivalry, but elevated it to, you know, next-level stuff. And, uh, yeah, Florida, a lot of people were, you know, thinking they might win the East. Tennessee was, they've had a choppy start to the season. They kind of got got their act together in the second half against Virginia Tech at the uh, Battle of Bristol, but um, yeah, you, you said it perfectly. You, you know, you're not winning the SEC East without a top-flight quarterback, that's for sure. No, and then also, uh, A&M continues to win, and that's big for Kevin Sumlin. Yep. Because he's, he's feeling the heat. Um, also, you see Auburn loss, and things are starting to warm up over on the plains. Exactly. And then Georgia had uh, quite the battle with Missouri. That was a great game to watch, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so Georgia's also in the SEC East. And, you know, they have Kirby Smart, former Alabama offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, correct? Right. Former defensive coordinator played at Georgia waited a long time for that spot to open up. Now it's his, and uh, he's been able to win these couple tight games, and we'll see what he can do with his young quarterbacks. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, now there's some other strange... Uh, oh, yeah, well, right off the bat, we have to get to the uh, Louisville complete domination of, uh, of Florida State, just like something you just never, ever expect to see. I mean, I think it maybe was the most points ever given up by Florida State, who made, speaking of Old Miss, the great comeback in the second half to beat Ole Miss down in Orlando to open the season just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, But, yeah, for them to lay it on uh, Florida State, the Seminoles, like they did, was stunning, to put it mildly. Yeah, John, when, when you have that great comeback and then you're playing a, another road game, maybe you're thinking that there's a little bit of invincibility, but that's not the case. I mean, Florida State should know by now that they're going to get the best effort from all those ACC teams because they've been the best team in that conference for years. So I don't know what happened, but it looked like that team quit in the second half. Correct. Uh, to me, I mean, I think that's a bigger issue for uh, Jimbo Fisher. I, I don't, I don't think Florida State with that. Lo- I, th- I think with that loss, that Florida State is not in contention at all for any playoffs this year. I agree. Yeah, sixty-three to twenty was the final. Yeah. Um, I've been watching that the first two episodes of that Showtime Sports mm-hmm. uh, with florida state it's been great i mean fabulous fabulous television you know it's along the lines of hard knocks 
right? But the but the college version, and uh, you know, after this loss, it's going to be even more interesting to say the least. But uh, yeah, yeah, sixty three to twenty. <laughs> I mean, that just nothing more need be said. And for you know Louisville, that just elevates their program. That, that's one that people are going to remember for a while. That's one you may look back on in a few years and say, that's the day they went really next level. Let's not forget Bobby Petrino is their coach. He's uh, been around the block, shall we say. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, he, he brought it, and that quarterback looks special. He sure does, John, and he elevated himself to a Heisman Trophy contention with that, that output on, on Saturday against a top-ranked team and it was on national TV, so he's he's in the running for sure. Uh, one thing about Louisville now, they had the big win. How do you manage success? I mean, I continually voice that opinion because I've seen it in the past. You have the, the big win, and the next week you're, you're, you're down, and sometimes you, you, you get upset. So how, how Bobby Petrino gets into the minds of his players to say that was one, that's only one game. That, that all, that's all it is, is one game on your schedule. You have so right. many more left, and there's some big moments that they'll have to compete to the highest level because, you know, they have a championship in that league, so you've got to win that that side of your league plus playing the championship game. Yep. Well, it would be a, even an understatement to call it a signature win. It was a signature win in capital letters, shall we say. Yes. So it will be fun to follow up and see how they do. And AP, we have a lot more to get to, uh, but why don't we – Take our break now, and we'll talk a little more college football after this break. We're examining five methods for hunting this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, taking an in-depth look at archery, crossbow, rifle, black powder, and pistol. We'll explore the specifics of each hunting discipline and what it truly means to be proficient and successful with them when in the woods. Joining us will be legendary outdoorsman David Blanton from Real Trees Monster Bucks and Wildman Greg Ritz of Huntmasters. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., it feels like a world turned upside down in college football with, uh, uh, shockingly, Oklahoma and Notre Dame both have two losses, so... It feels like they're out of it. I know there's some talk that a two-loss team could make the college football playoff, but uh, it's a long shot. And now suddenly two of the marquee teams are out of it. Uh, Oklahoma was there last year in the Final Four, and Notre Dame, uh, you know, got beat by Michigan State in South Bend. So And Oklahoma lost at home as well, so... Uh, says a lot about Ohio State and Michigan State, but again, the storyline to a degree is you know the two losing high-profile teams being basically out of it before the end of September. It feels. Yeah, John. I mean, let's let's look at some of these names: Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC, Texas. Those four blue-blooded teams with two losses. We didn't even reach the end of the month. Exactly. Well said. And blue blood is indeed the word. Um, you know, Michigan State, I mean, they really, uh, you know, controlled that fourth quarter. I mean, we, we all know that's what it's all about. That quarterback, Tyler O'Connor, I believe it is, uh, from Michigan State, su- successor to Connor Cook. Let's not forget, uh, Tyler O'Connor won at Ohio State last year, filling in for Connor Cook, who I believe was injured. And yes. so he, he already had his baptism of fire, and it showed uh, in the fourth quarter on Sunday night. But the defense for Michigan State looked good. And, and Notre Dame just looks, uh, you know, a little discombobulated. Uh, they just don't, you know, gave up a big, important pass, and they gave up a run to basically allow Michigan State to just put the game away. They, I guess there are people up front on that seven. They're they're not performing very well, John, for Notre Dame. Correct. And it, and when you can't stop the run, then everything's wide open. And and the offensive coordinator they're smiling from ear to ear like they had, you know, the best meal of their life. You know, waiting to call the plays against your defense. Right, right. Uh, Brian Cal- Kelly. Not a happy man on the sidelines, to put it mildly. Not that that's unusual. Not breaking news there, but uh, I wouldn't have wanted to have been standing near him uh, at the end of that game. He was. It, he had a look of complete disbelief that Michigan State were, a, were able to what felt like easily, you know, convert, especially the third down pass. The guy was pretty open. It, it, it was the game. That, that play was the game. Notre Dame. Right. Yeah, and John, in this day and age, I mean, you cannot shut down people for four for quarters. But 
and those tight plays, you know, those crucial plays at the end when you're trying to stop the other team, that's when you're you're hoping your defense will rise to the occasion. And I could imagine Brian Kelly, he's over there, you know, I'm sco- you know, he's scoring all these points with his offense, but defensively they're just giving up all types of territory and there's no way that you can win. You can't get the ball enough. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, that game did a huge rating. Uh you know, the highest rating for a Notre Dame football game uh, on NBC since 2013. And again, it was a Michigan State-Notre Dame game. But, uh, you know, that, that's an impressive number when you consider it was going head-to-head with Ohio State-Oklahoma. It really is. Uh, it, really, and, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, on to Ohio State. I mean, they uh, went into Norman again. A totally desperate team, uh, you know. It, it, like Notre Dame, I mean, it just the season was on the line. It felt, and uh, you know, Ohio State beat them, you know, fairly handily. They were running away from them by the by the end of the game with JT Barrett looking very, very impressive. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a Heisman candidate as well. And John, Ohio State, they've recruited outstanding players ever since Urban Meyer has uh, been in Columbus. So it's not unusual or surprising that he has a good football team again. Again, I mean, what's his record since he returned, since he got to Ohio State? It's something, something that sounds like 50 and four or whatever. It's, it's truly amazing. Yeah. I mean, what does he have? Maybe a couple losses in the conference. I don't know, two, three in the conference, some incredible number. And uh, Oklahoma, the, the biggest surprise, John, for me was, that, as you said, the, the season's on the line, and Oklahoma just folded. They did. <laughs> no other way to say it. That's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield magic, which flashed itself a few times last year, got him to the Final Four, as I said, the CFP, uh, doesn't seem to be there this year. Uh, magic seems to be more with teams like Houston, who beat them in the opener, and I watched Houston uh, play uh, the other night, and boy, they were in, you know, they were locked locked in a tough game, and, uh, you know, they survived, so it was very, very impressive. Greg Ward was uh, the quarterback, looks, uh, you know, very, very impressive, to say the least, and uh, again, they, they were in a tough game, that's for sure. Yeah, John, their confidence is sky high because they beat Oklahoma that opening game. That'll last them throughout the season, I believe. And and just getting back to that Oklahoma, I'm not saying they were going to beat Ohio State, but you expected a better performance at home with the season on the line. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, and Houston, by the way, beat Cincinnati, but that was like a one-score game. Uh, deep into the game, it was at Cincinnati. They were fired up, the crowd, the team. And, you know, it kind of had them on the ropes for a bit. Uh, but, you know, really could not finish. Um, but because Houston did finish with, you know, good plays on both defense and offense and really just, like, uh, dominated over the last, you know, couple of minutes. So, yeah, it was... Uh, Interesting, and speaking of interesting, maybe the most interesting ending was uh, that Texas-California game where the California runner 
broke free for basically the winning touchdown, but as we see far too often to even believe, he dropped uh, dropped the ball at like the one-yard line, ran into the end zone without the ball, so to speak, as he was crossing the line. A, a Texas player picked it up, but they did not nullify the touchdown. The officials, Charlie Strong, went crazy. The score stood, and that was the game right there. So it was a pretty crazy ending out there, that's for sure. Yeah, John, that, that play seemed to be contagious the whole weekend. I don't know how many times it happened, but it, it was a handful. It sure was, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, just again, you know, a strange ending, and, uh, you know, it suddenly feels like Texas's uh, win, wild win over Notre Dame in week one, uh, you know, suddenly seems a little far away for the Longhorns. So, yeah, it was, uh, again, just really a shocking kind of ending. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Um, but, yeah, Texas, uh, again, it, it just feels far away. And, and the other thing is, is uh, California, it, what's up with their quarterbacks? I mean, that quarterback looked uh, exactly like Jared Goff. He was just lighting it up. The final score was something like 40 to 30 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a good game to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, I was surprised, John. I think that the, the halftime score was at 35 to 33 or something. Uh, so there was some. I mean, I thought that game might get to the the, the 60s. Well, exactly. With both of those exactly. teams, but I think it was plus 30 for each team by halftime. And yeah. I, I, yes, yes, I was certainly surprised by California putting up so many points against Texas. I know they beat them down there last year. I think by a point, maybe 46, 45, something of that nature. But I thought Texas might play a little bit better defensively. And, you know, I, I didn't think California would be as strong since Jared Goff went to the NFL. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah, Texas won last year when – Texas lost last year when their kicker missed a, a, f- a chip shot field goal at the end. But, yeah, the final score was 50-43. to 43. Um, So, yeah, it was uh, an unbelievably high-scoring game, to put it mildly. And uh, – by the way, the Michigan beat Colorado, and for us up here in Patriot Land, it was interesting. They had a lot of footage. Tom Brady uh, did the coin toss, apparently spoke to the Michigan team. Of course, it's his alma mater. And then great video of him playing catch with his son in the big house on Friday night. Uh, so it was all pretty cool stuff. Needless to say, Patriot Nation was all over it uh, just to get a, a look at Brady. But he, he was into it, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, the coin toss and all of that, so fun to see. Yeah, Michigan, they're rolling, and Jim Harbaugh, he's going to create havoc in that conference. And I mean, I'm sure they're going to have another good recruiting class and be competing for the Big Ten championship and probably national championship. It could be this year. Absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, with some of these marquee teams that we talked about losing, um, you know, that puts them in, uh, I'd say, pretty good shape, uh, to say the least. And one team who's not in good shape uh, is Iowa, uh, who got beat by North Dakota, North Dakota State, which is, of course, uh, Carson Wentz's former team. By the way, Carson Wentz is playing tonight for the Eagles, uh, 
I think it's going to get <laughs> intriguing. I think everybody's dying to see him after his fantastic debut. But the team he left behind goes into Iowa and wins by a last-second field goal. It's very, very impressive, to say the least. Uh, what have they won? Four national championships in a row, is that right? Yeah, it's been a number of them. I know that. They know they yeah. know how to win football games, and they're not afraid of anyone. When I say anyone, that's a capital A, anyone. Correct. Let's not forget, Iowa was undefeated last year going into the Big Ten championship game, which they lost to Michigan State. And what was a tremendous game. It went down to the, uh, to the end, that game against Michigan State. So we are talking, you know, a very, very high-quality team here in Iowa. This was... Uh, you know, so for North Dakota State to go into Iowa, beat a Big Ten team at their, their house, very, very impressive. Yeah, but John, are they 5 or 6-0 and in the last few years against Division One teams? Yes, they are. It's, uh, I'm not sure the exact number, but it's along those lines. Four, five, six-game winning streak against again. You know. yeah, yeah, that's not getting lucky a couple times. Correct. Yeah, no luck there. No okay. luck there. No, I mean, when you schedule them, you, I mean, they're as good as any uh, mid or low, lower Division One team, FBS team in a conference. Exactly right. No doubt about it. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we've quickly come to the end of our second segment. We have one more, so why don't we take our break now and we'll get to some more uh, college football on the other side. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. But before we get started, my pick of the weekend, of the week, I should say, for appointment viewing is Thursday's Patriots-Texans game to see if the Patriots can beat a 2-0 team, the Texans, with a third-string rookie quarterback. Uh, like I said at the opening segment, they're almost into like degree of difficulty games now <laughs> so it'll be a good one with J.J. Watt and and the crew from Texas in here I will be there and uh, 
it should be fun to watch. But uh, yeah, AP, um, any thoughts from the NFL weekend? Speaking of the NFL, uh, got your attention? No, but I was kind of interested. I was I was on the move Sunday, but I I wanted to watch the Oakland Raiders play against Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Oakland has Amari Cooper and of course Atlanta with. Julio Jones, are two of the best receivers ever at Alabama, going against each other. So and that, I, yep. that was kind of a, an interesting outcome. I thought Oakland might beat Atlanta, but Atlanta showed up to play on Sunday. Indeed they did. I watched a lot of that game on Red Zone. That was featured late in the day. And, uh, yeah, and Julio Jones and Cooper were, of course, right in the middle of things in a close game. And uh, But, yeah, the Hawks... Uh, Excuse me, the uh, Falcons got it done out in Oakland and was kind of a, you know, bit of a role reversal with, you know, uh, teams that didn't look so good in week one, beating some teams that looked good in week one. And I don't think none more so than, you know, Atlanta going into Oakland and winning that game. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, he, he showed. Showed signs of, you know, what he was looking like a few years ago. Um, you know, late game, in charge and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. But, again, close games across the league, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, uh, nothing like the NFL. And, again, I'm, I'm very intrigued to watch uh, Carson Wentz tonight. I, I think that's going to get, you know, a bump in the ratings because everybody's so curious because he, frankly, lit it up last week in his first game ever in the NFL. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch him. I mean, he was down at the Senior Bowl. Big, strong, physical player from the FCS level. And he was intriguing to all the scouts down here as well. Oh, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, just speaking of colleges, AP, it was amazing to watch, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo in person, you know, out of eastern Illinois. Granted, it's year (laughs) three here, but... What he did uh, yesterday in in that quarter and a half AP was just three touchdown passes and three drives. And he threw a pass to, uh, you know, Martellus Bennett in the end zone that was an absolute rocket. Uh, I mean, he just let it fly. It could have even been better. I mean, you know, he he missed uh, a wide open Matthew Slater. Uh, for what would have been like a 60, 70-yard play for a touchdown. Um, so as good as he was, and, uh, you know, it, it could have even been better. I mean, he just was authoring an absolute blowout at 21 nothing, uh before he got hurt. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. And now Jacoby Bruce Brissett, who we know well, has suddenly... You know, center stage Thursday night with the whole nation watching. It's funny how these things change so quickly, isn't it? Yeah, John, it's funny how the Patriots can find quarterbacks with regularity for the most part. And these other teams, for years, they have the top ten picks. They can choose from anyone across the entire country, and they bust. That's exactly right. Right. And Jacoby Brissett, given the circumstances, you know, Played well yesterday. It was the defense that let the Dolphins back into the game. But, you know, nobody's, you know, up here in New England has any problem with what Jacoby Brissett did. Uh, 
but you know, it, it's really an amazing thing where like there is just complete confidence in him winning on Thursday night, uh, you know, which is rather remarkable. I mean, the Texans are two and zero. They were a playoff team last year. They have the defensive MVP and JJ Watt, quarterback killer, so to speak. Yet, call it arrogance, call it you, you know uh, greed or whatever. But I mean, there's just it's not even a quiet confidence. There is a complete expectation that the Patriots are going to win this game, and I think a lot of it is just seeing how well they did. With Garoppolo, so now everybody's thinking, well, maybe we can do, you know, nearly as good with a third-string rookie quarterback. But so we shall see. But it's going to be fun. It makes for an interesting storyline. I got to tell you. Oh yeah, well, you, John. All the fans are going to tune in because you just do not know what's going to happen. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's the highest level of curiosity in a long time for a Patriots game. No doubt about it. And you know. Yesterday, people were saying at the stadium, like, you know, as Garoppolo's just literally taking him up and down the field, uh, seemingly at will, against what was supposed to be, a, a, you know, a, a, a good Dolphins defense, as it were. Uh, just the whole country, you know, must just be hating it. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. You know, I, I think it started in Arizona last week. And then to see it yesterday, again, 21 nothing, less than 17 minutes into the game. You know, that doesn't even happen with Brady, period. It just doesn't. I mean, it doesn't happen with any quarterback in the NFL. You don't no. get the ball three times, run down the field, and score at will, and then you're up 17 nothing, and 17 minutes haven't even been played yet in the game. It was incredible to watch. Yeah, I mean, John, you're trying to get your team to perform to that level of efficiency, for years, and here the second-string quarterback comes in for the New England Patriots and looks like he's ready to be an all-star. Correct. And, oh, by the way, without Rob Gronkowski, I mean, yeah, back to the degree of difficulty, you know, statement that I made earlier. It, it's He's missing. The, two, the Patriots' two best players haven't even played in these two first two games, Brady and Gronk, so it's just really... Uh, uh, Incredible. This team leaves you shaking your head in disbelief at what they're able to do year in, year out. So, again, Thursday night's going to be fun, and you said it perfectly, AP. There, there's like, uh, you know, a huge, uh, it's probably going to get a pretty big rating on simply the curiosity factor alone. Yeah, if I'm the Patriots fans, uh, I mean, you're, you're just loving it because you're thumbing your nose at everyone. You're, because your team doesn't have the top quarterback, comes in with a second-string player without Rob Gronkowski, and you're still managing to win football games. Correct, correct. Cardinals on the road, they win. Nobody expected that. And then, you know, the Dolphins always give them trouble, home or away. It doesn't matter. And yet, uh, I can't overemphasize what a route this game was. This was complete and utter domination uh, from the opening kickoff for the next 17 minutes. Like it, it was incredible to see, actually. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be great. Well, it's just so good to have you know NFL and college football. It doesn't take long to really, really get in the flow. Uh, so we're in the flow here in uh, week. 
two of the NFL, which ends tonight. Week three begins Thursday night, of course, and then uh, we're into like week three of the college game. It's going to be another great season. It always is, so no surprise, but uh, good for our show, and I'm glad we switched to Mondays, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm real happy we're able to talk about all the football coming off the weekend, college and pro. And Hey, John, the college football is the most fascinating thing to me because each week those young players, you don't know what they're going to do. Exactly. That's it. That's the X factor. Uh, you just never know for sure uh, what an 18-year-old's going to do, period. <laughs> it's always entertaining. And AP, you were very entertaining, as always, today. And uh, I want to thank you again for your perspective and expertise. And uh, great stuff, as always. Hey, John, it's always my pleasure. really appreciate it. Well, thank you, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel, and we'll talk sports again next week.